0: Jesus, worthy Lord Jesus, thank you Lord, thank you Lord, amen, um, today is the bullies last Sunday, and also the Arthurs, I believe, and, and so uh, be sure to keep them in your prayers as they travel back north, amen, it's that time of the year where weather causes migrations, amen, and so uh, pray for safe travels, amen. Amen. Uh, as we're staying, we can go to the word of the Lord today, the book of Mark, the fifth chapter. Mark 5, 22. Behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. That's always a good start, right? You want to get God's attention? Fall at his feet and worship him? You Can't resist that. And besought him greatly... Saying, my daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live. Talk about faith, right? That's what we live by. Jesus went with him and much people followed him and thronged him. Skipping down to verse 35. While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? And as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, "Be not afraid; only believe." Man, a lot of uh, there was a lot of verses in the middle there, and we'll kind of talk about those that verse gap between verse twenty-four and verse thirty-five. Uh, so I want to preach to you today from this title. Uh, a divine delay, divine delay. Man, turn to a few people and greet them as you're seated today. Me a minute to figure out what that picture was, but looks like somebody's at the airport, right? That's good because I'm going to kind of talk about that. The seven letter word that nobody likes to hear is delayed. Nothing will drain you like delayed will drain you, and nothing will take the wind right out of your sails like being delayed. If you are flying, the last thing that you want to see is that your flight showing the word delayed. Amen. Or how about when you're on your way to work in the morning and up ahead all you can see for miles is red brake lights. That means one thing, delayed. Nobody likes it and nobody wants to experience it. It doesn't even sound like a nice word, delayed. But when delayed rears its ugly head, people will come unglued and begin to lose control of themselves. They become unhinged and they don't act the normal, proper way that we should act, and all it takes... Is for you to be at a restaurant and your food is delayed for 30 minutes. And you watch what happens to the nice people that walked in there. Everyone here is happy and has a smile on our faces, but let's all go out to eat and let's let our food get delayed for a bit and we'll see who still has a smile on their face. And so whatever uh, primal instincts that are chained down inside of us that we keep locked away because of uh, trying to be a good citizen and a good person, uh, we never let them out. But all of a sudden, it's like they start coming out when delay shows up, right? And even when you're driving and uh, you know, somebody calls you a delay or, or pulls out, you always like to drive by them and you give them the stare down, right? At least at some people, I've seen people do that. Um, all because we we're feeling delayed or maybe we're in a rush and uh, we left later than normal, maybe because we we're delayed for some other reason. But delays keep piling up and it doesn't work out well for us, right? We just start, you know, going crazy. Uh, but Paul wrote to the Romans something. He says, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Paul who is this we that you're talking about? that we glory in tribulations I can tell you that none of us probably would uh, want to put our names in that hat but um, I think a, a modern substitute for tribulation could be the word delay. Delays worketh patience. They work on our patience and and uh, we experience delays all through this life and, uh, many times on a daily basis, but I think that we expect, or at least we hope, uh, that we won't experience any delays in the kingdom of God. Because when we experience a delay in this world, whatever the case may be, we we tend to direct our frustration uh, at that person, at that car, that company, that entity. Uh, Who we feel is responsible for that delay, right? Uh, I'm frustrated and so that is the person right there that is actually I can point fingers and say they're responsible for all of this. They're the source uh, I know who to blame, and I know who to squint my eyes at and uh, to give a stern look at. They, I, I can point my finger at them that I don't have to hold these feelings back any longer. I can let them go because I have a target uh, because they caused a delay in my life or that situation. And, and then we let them go, and we kind of feel good about ourselves for a minute because we let all that out, and then, you know, then regret maybe comes in. Uh, and so when delay shows up, a lot, a lot of bad things can happen, right? And, and so, but in the kingdom of God, where do we go? Where do we direct our frustration when we experience a delay, especially if we feel like he is the reason? Where are we going to point our fingers at when we think it's him? What are we going to do, tell God what we're feeling and, and and give Him a stern look and release our anger and our frustration towards the heaven? Yeah, that'll work, won't it? And, and so some people do that and they'll blame God for their problems and failures or unfavorable circumstances or they'll blame God for uh, the delays and things that haven't happened yet and... Uh, But maybe they're not thinking clearly at the moment because, in my opinion, blaming God and getting upset with him is not going to really make your situation any better. And so the real test of our spiritual maturity and our character is when God says no or when he says not right now or when he says it's going to be a little bit. Or even better, when his plan has somebody else doing what we thinking that we should be doing. How do we respond to something like that? Because David is described as a man after God's own heart and, and he loved the Lord so much. and The one thing that his heart wanted to do was to build God the biggest and best and most beautiful temple on the face of the earth. Second Samuel 7, 1, It came to pass when the king sat in his house, and the Lord had given him rest round about from all his enemies, that the king said unto Nathan the prophet, See now, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwelleth within curtains. Nathan said to the king, Go, do all that is in thine heart, for the Lord is with thee. And it came to pass that night that the word of the Lord came unto Nathan, saying, Uh, basically he said that uh, uh, David's not going to do this. Even though David wants to do this, he's not the man to do it. Verse 12, and uh, he's speaking to David, When uh, thy days be fulfilled, thou shalt sleep with thy fathers. I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. And he shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever." So for David, King David's desire wasn't delayed. It was really just denied. God said, no, you're not the one to build it. Even though you want to do this for me, uh, God had said no. And, and, and David could have said, well, I'm the king of Israel. I can do what I want. And I'm going to build God a temple. Uh, but David didn't say that, did he? We are told exactly what David said in verse 18. Then the king, uh, then King David in, then went King David in and sat before the Lord. and he said, "Who am I, O Lord God, and, and what is my house that that house brought me hitherto? And so uh, David said, "Who am I, Lord?' And he goes on to say how how blessed he is and, and how God had brought him out of that shepherd field and into this great palace. And uh, I, I'm going to praise you anyways, even though that I'm not getting my way, David said, I'm still going to give you praise because I still am blessed. Even though you said, no, God, I'm still going to give you glory. Even though you may have delayed it, I, I'm going to still declare how great you are even if i if i think that we learn to praise god like david did Uh, In the good times and in the bad times. We we praise him when God says yes, but are we still praising him when he says no or not right now or hold on a bit? That's what we need to get to understand is we need to worship like David. Hey, no matter what God says, it's not going to affect my praise. It's not going to affect my worship because God still deserves it even though my circumstance may change or not change or my dreams or plans does not come to pass, and where God says no or not yet, or there's a divine delay in what I think should happen, is that going to affect our church attendance? Is that going to affect our praise and our worship and our devotion and our dedication to Him when, when God is silent or He doesn't say anything or maybe He says no? Many times it's just a delay. And it's... And it's a, it's a delay, we, we put the word delay, we know that God's timing is perfect, and so when it doesn't happen on our clock, we think God's delaying things, when really, uh, we're the ones that are not on the right time, are we? We keep looking at our watch, and we, we're trying to think of that, that God works by our watch, but really, uh, it's, so it's not really a delay, is it? It's just us getting d- delayed because we're not in the right time zone. And so in the good times and in the bad times, we still need to be worshiping God and clapping our hands and raising our hands and singing praises. Why? Because we still are blessed, aren't we? We, God has still done so much for us that if he doesn't bless us anymore, we still have enough to praise him the rest of our life that we are truly a blessed people. That he brought us out of that miry clay and into this place and out of the fields of the world into this place where we can feel his presence. And so God doesn't have to keep saying yes or, or keep granting everything we want. He can say no or not yet, and, and that really falls back on us. What are we going to do then when a divine delay happens? You see we were once the enemy of God and now we are child of God and and so who am I to complain that some request that I have a a prayer that I have it hasn't been answered yet should does that going to cause me to walk out and give up on give up on God and throw everything out the door no I'm still blessed to be here whether God says yes or no he's still going to get praise and worship and adoration and so what happens when we get frustrated when, 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 who am I to get frustrated when God says, no, not right now? Just because God delays things doesn't mean he's saying no either. Doesn't mean that he's forgotten about us. It just means that we need to make sure we're on God's time schedule and not our time. You see, we live in a world where, uh, that is run by the clock. And, and when our clock isn't calibrated, things can get really Messy. And we we have the power to change the clock. It's amazing. We just did it a few weeks ago, right? I mean, we, we can turn back the hands of time or turn them forward. Uh, and so, how does that uh, fit in with with uh, with our schedule with God? When we think we can change the hands of time, and when God doesn't answer our prayers, what what do we do then? And so, it's really again, it's not a it's not our clock uh, uh, that has uh, has broken. It's it's God's timing is perfect. We just need to realize it's not all about us. It's not about my wants or my needs, but it's about the kingdom of God. And He still deserves praise while we're on the mountaintop and when we go through the hardships and God says no not right now. Hey, he maybe he's saying no just to see how long we're going to keep coming to church or if we're still going to worship God and give him praise. And so it really comes down to uh, uh his time or our time. And so if it's on God's time, there's really no divine delay is there. But if we thought if we're talking our time, then we're going to say there's a divine delay. And so um But in reality, everything is on the right schedule according to God's clock. And so we see here in our text that there cometh one from the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. When he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live. And so Jairus is a, a man of importance. Obviously, the Bible tells us this. Being a ruler of the synagogue, he had a problem that his his power could not fix. He had a lot of power and authority being a ruler and he could do things and say things and things would get done. Uh, But his situation could not be handled by the power that he had. And so we see him leaving the the synagogue and going to the place where he knows where the answer is going to be. And so sometimes we have to leave our palace and say, hey, where's Jesus? i got to get to him because I know that he has the answer. I know that he can fix the problems. Uh, I've been trying myself, but I, I always come up short and I can't do it. And so the sooner that we run to Jesus and fall at his feet, the sooner that we can maybe start seeing answers in our life, right? And so it doesn't matter our status in life, there are things that we cannot fix. It doesn't matter how much money that we have, when a a deadly disease comes knocking at the door, there are things that money can't even buy. It doesn't matter how powerful we become, when a heart attack comes, it's not a respecter of persons. And so we face problems that we cannot fix. And aren't you thankful that we have somebody that we can turn to, that I'm thankful that we can go to Jesus with our problems, whether they be big or small. God is, doesn't care. He just wants us to cast our cares upon him because he can take care of them all. And so that's what G- Jarius did. He came running to Jesus, and he came and he fell at his feet. Because he knew that Jesus could take care of his situation. We, we see in, in his very words, he says, my daughter's at the point of death. Come and lay hands on her that she uh, will, will be okay and she'll be healed and she'll live. I mean, that's, that's faith speaking, right? And that's exactly what Jesus needs. He needs some faith active to activate uh, uh, our life and his, his power in our life. And so yeah, Jairus is doing all the right things, right? Checking them off, going to Jesus, falling at his feet, saying, hey, Lord, I've got the faith. You just come and touch, lay your hands on her, and she's going to be good. Man, one, two, three, check. We're ready to go, right? Uh, Verse 24, Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. But as Jesus was on his way to Jairus' house, people started showing up. People started swarming Jesus, surrounding him. And so it's hard to move at a normal pace when you're in the middle of a crowd, right? But Jesus hadn't forgot about Jairus' daughter. He was just kind of going there and moving in that direction. But uh, now it looks like things are going to be delayed, While he was surrounded by people, somebody uh, touched the hem of his garment and Jesus felt virtue flow out of him and, and he stopped everyone and asked who touched him. And so we know the story. It is one of the most popular uh, stories that gets preached on and gets so much attention. The woman with the issue of blood and, and all that she went through and crawled through the crowd to, to reach up uh, by faith just to touch the hem of his garment. And, and so she gets so much attention um, and uh, uh, we, we think that the story is all about her. And at least these few verses are. But what we forget... Is that she was not the first in line? She wasn't the first. In, she cut the line. Somebody else got to Jesus before she did, and she shows up and cuts the line. Jarius got to Jesus first. Long before she ever showed up, long before the crowds ever showed up, here's J- Jairus worshiping God at his feet. And, and they say, okay, let's, Jesus say, okay, let's go to your house. Take them to your house. And they start walking. And then people start uh, showing up. And so uh, uh, there they go on their way. And Jesus and Jairus start heading there. And, and you can see the relief in Jairus's face when the master says, okay, I'm going to come to your house. Let's go right now. And you can see just, oh, thank God, the, the joy and, and the relief that he had that, hey, uh, Jesus is going to come to my house and, and pray for my sick daughter. And so, not too long from now, my daughter's going to be healed and everything's going to be great. And, and so, we're, 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 we're going. But on the, along the way, people start showing up. And start gathering around Jesus. And, 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 you know, Jairus and Jesus, they're on a steady walking pace. I mean, they're going to be there in, what, 15, 20 minutes. I don't know how far it was. But, hey, you can start calculating out the time of how long you're going to get there with that pace. Um, a clear shot, no interruptions in sight. But now there's a multitude. People start coming up out of the out, of the, out of the woodwork surrounding him and, you're not going as fast as you were anymore because you have all these obstacles now in your way. Now you're at a slow trot and, and the relief on Jairus' face disappears. Smile goes away. You can see him biting his teeth and his, his jaws are clenching. I mean, think about it. Jesus is on your, the way to your house and all of a sudden people show up and you're not going anywhere now. And your daughter's dying. And so people start pouring out of the woodwork like roaches and like where did all these people come from? It was just me and Jesus. And all of a sudden there's, there are flocked everywhere. Uh, and so how many of you are out there? When is all this going to end? And and Jesus, Jesus, and, and Jarius, uh they're, they're running up to Jesus and you can see Jairus is starting, hey, he's busy. He's busy. Come back. You know. I He, he called ticket number one. I got ticket number one right here, right? Uh, I know you want Jesus, but get in line because I'm here first. I, he was on uh, his way to my house, and now you start showing up. And so come back later. His schedule's full right now. He's already committed uh, to do to be somewhere this hour, so uh, try again later. And after he's done with my needs, then he can meet your needs. And so you can imagine what's going through Jairus' mind. Uh, if his daughter's literally on, the, on her deathbed, every second counts, right? And every person that starts showing up is one second delayed. And pretty soon uh, uh, he, he'll get, he gets the, the news. But this, then the woman shows up. All these people slow down the pace. And now all of a sudden this woman shows up. And now everything comes to a halt because Jesus stops everybody. Who touched me? Now you're not going anywhere. And now Jarius is just shaking his head and tapping his feet and making, Lord, I, my daughter's dying. And we're here just camped out wherever. We're, there's a delay happening and, and it's, not, it's, not, uh, it's not beneficial for me or my daughter. And so we all talk about the woman and her act of faith and, and how we, we, we should be like that woman. But what about Jarius? He was right there too, right? He was there first, but the uh, divine delay is happening. And how's how's our character holding up, and all of that? And she uh, she also delayed Jesus, and 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 so. But what happened was somebody else needed a miracle right at that moment, and. Uh, a miraculous healing caused Jesus to delay his arrival to Jairus' house. And so uh, I guess it goes back to kind of what we were talking about on Thursday nights where it's not really about us. It's about uh, are we willing to, to submit ourselves to one another and say, no, uh, 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 prefer one another over our needs. And so Jairus is a good uh, illustration right here. He doesn't even realize it, but uh, Jesus is teaching another lesson through his experience uh, and so would we allow a delay in our life if somebody else can get touched, if somebody else can be delivered or if somebody else can get filled with the Holy Ghost, would we be okay if Jesus pauses our, our moment, our, our need for a second and say, hey, somebody else is showing up and I, I can't resist their faith and their urgency and their hunger and desire. And so uh, I would like to say that we'd be all be okay with that. At least we can we say that until it happens then it, that we really find out if we'll be okay with it, right? And, and so while they were there, delayed, Jesus is talking uh, to everyone uh, who touched me." Uh, verse 35, "While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house a uh, certain which said, "Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? And you imagine Jarius now? Him and Jesus, they're were, they were on their way. They get delayed, and now the news comes that his daughter's dead. Why bother anymore? What, what a message! The hope that Jarius had, the faith that he had, he's doing everything right. He ran and found Jesus, and he and he he he, he fell at his feet and worshipped and, and said, "I got the faith. Just come and come and lay His hands on you." And and Jesus said, "Okay, let's do it. I'm on my way." But then all of a sudden, a delay happened, and and in the midst of the delay, more news comes. The situation gets worse, and there's really no no response on God's end. Just feel like things are getting delayed and delayed and delayed, and uh, things get worse as time passes and and now his situation is is much worse his daughter's now dead what what are you going to do now as the servant says don't why why bother him anymore it's it's over right why trouble us the master any further hope is lost no point of coming to my aid now uh it's all over But before before Jairus had a chance to respond to the messenger, Jesus interrupts. In verse 36, he says, As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. You see, when you receive the bad news, If you are walking with Jesus, he's going to hear that news too. Sometimes we think that we're all alone when the bad news comes. But I'm here to tell you that if you're walking with Jesus and you receive the bad news or you open up the letter, the email, and it's bad news. Hey, you're not alone there. Jesus sees that message too. He hears that word that's coming to you. And so we are not uh, alone or we're not left to, uh, to be afraid because Jesus is there with us. If we walk with him, we have to realize, hey, I'm not alone. And, and you, if you open that up your mail and you get that and you read it and you shake your hand, just go ahead and read it to Jesus too because he's there with you. And, and so what happens is, what tends to happen is, is we receive the bad news and, and then we flip out and we take off running or whatever. I mean, it just we just come unglued uh, and we try to go take care of it because, hey, it's an urgency. we got to do that. And it's almost like we leave Jesus to go handle the problem now. When we were walking with them, right? But Jairus didn't do that. He he continued to stay next to Jesus, and because of that, when Jesus heard the news, Jesus also said, "Well, let me give my news." If you're receiving some new information, let me give you some new information too. And what Jesus said was better than what the messenger said. He said, be not afraid, only believe. That doesn't sound like it's ending. It doesn't sound like that there's no more hope. But Jesus is saying, hey, it's not over yet because I haven't said it's over yet. There's still some hope. There's still some some, uh, space for me to work. Just don't be afraid, but only believe. And so whenever you don't hear a response, from God. You just keep on believing. You just keep on praying. You just keep on reaching out and holding on uh, because until God says it's over, then it's only going to be over. But what happens is we'll hear the bad news and uh, the devil will speak a a word of doubt in our life and and we just fall apart as if if the devil has the final say. No, the devil doesn't have the final say. My Jesus has the final say and he is there with me every step of the way and I'm not going to leave him and he's not going to leave me or forsake me because when I receive the news, Jesus is right there to hear it as well and I'm going to wait for his response what I just heard. And so we need to stop listening to the enemy because if we're walking with Jesus, just listen to what he has to say. Jesus turned to Jairus and said, I told you that I was going to go to your house and pray for your daughter. I may be delayed, but I haven't forgotten about that. Don't be afraid. Just keep on believing because we're still headed in that right direction. Uh, It may be a delay in our life, but hey, God's going to be there right on time to do his perfect will and that he's going to get the glory through it all. And so we need to believe that God is going to finish what he sets out to do. Because his word goes forth and it does not return void. It accomplishes and prospers in the thing whether to it is sin. And so if the word says it, that means he's going to do it. Because he is bound by his word and he's going to be faithful to his word. It all depends. The wrestling match is between the news that we receive and the news that the word of God says. And so it hasn't happened yet, but I need you, Jarius, to keep on believing. I need you to keep holding on to that faith that, uh, because I need that faith for the miraculous. Even though things may look like they've gotten worse, don't be afraid. Keep on believing. Now, I know it's, it's easier said than, than doing it and living through it, but uh, if you've been delayed, Uh, that doesn't mean God is deserting you. Uh, How many of us have heard from the Lord and and how he has spoken to you and he's given you dreams and visions but yet they haven't happened yet? We may think, oh, that's a delay, but hey, uh, that means God is going to do something that he said he's going to do and no matter what we go through, no matter what other news we receive, hey, are we still going to hold on to the promises of God? Are we still going to stand upon the word, the foundation of our life and what God has said because we don't need to be listen to anybody else, but listen to what Jesus says to us. They may be delayed, but I don't believe he deserts his people. I believe that he's still on his way, and and we will see those things come to pass, and we're going to see those prayers answered, and we're going to see those promises come to pass, uh, but we don't need to be afraid. We just need to keep on believing and keep on holding on to those things uh, because we know that they're going to happen if Jesus said they're going to happen. And so if he's on his way to your house... And he's not there yet. It's not time to close up shop and forget about it. No, he may be delayed somewhere. He may be ministering to somebody else. But, hey, he's going to show up at our house at our need at the very right time, whenever it's aligned with his perfect will. And he's going to get the glory from it all. And so this is how uh, Mary and Martha felt kind of when they felt, when they sent for Jesus. Because their brother Lazarus was sick. John 11, 1, Now a certain man was sick, named Lazarus of Bethany, the town and uh, of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his uh, feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sisters, his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. And when Jesus heard that, he said, the sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified uh, thereby. And so, interesting what Jesus said. He said, this sickness is not unto death. And so, what do you think? Well, he's he's not going to die, right? And so verse six, verse six, when he had heard, therefore he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Talk about a delay. I wonder what Mary and Martha were thinking. Lord, we're, you're, you, you, you sit in your same, you sit there for two more days before you, before you do anything. and uh, he, he didn't ignore their request. The Bible tells us that he loved Lazarus, so of course he was going to go to him, but he delayed it for two days before even leaving the head to see him. Uh, he, he didn't desert them or, or forget about them. Uh, he didn't ignore them. He knew exactly what they needed, and he knew what his plan was. But he was going to show up at the right time, and that meant he would have to delay things according to our clock and our timeline. Verse 17, then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Bethany was nigh to Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Uh, then Martha, as soon as she had heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary still uh, sat still in the house. Uh, you wonder what she was thinking. She was probably a little frustrated. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. So Martha said that, but you know, Mary, Mary thought that as well. I mean they they've been talking. he had been dead for four days. You, what do you think they've been talking about for four days? Jesus said, "This is not this sickness is not unto death." And he doesn't do anything for two days. Then he starts coming. And so you better believe that Martha also thought, uh, Mary also thought the same thing that Mary said here. Uh, If you hadn't delayed Jesus, my brother would not have died. But since you delayed, he is now dead. And things are much worse. He was sick, but now he's dead. Isn't that how we feel when our problems get worse and God hasn't fixed them yet? are we just kind of looking at our clock and our watch and saying, God, where are you? Can't you see that things are, are spiraling out of control? And uh, I thought you should be here by now. And uh, if you had, things would not have got out of hand and, and they wouldn't have gone to the next level, uh, much worse than they really are. But, but, but what do we do in that time? But Martha, Martha confessed what she was really thinking, but she still had faith. She may not have had as much as she had before, but she still had faith. She still believed in Jesus, even though he was delayed. In verse 22, he says, but I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it to thee. And so I don't know if she really even realized what she was saying, but she said, I, I have just a little bit of faith left, and hey, whatever, Jesus, whatever you're going to do, I know what's going to happen. Uh, and so even though it's been a hard, hard trying time, uh, she still says, hey, I'm still here to worship you, Jesus. I'm still here to praise you. I'm still here to believe uh, that you can do anything. And so that's really the purpose and the the, the, the delay period that we experience is, is, is God's work working these things in us and through us, that are we still going to be faithful in the end? Are we still going to show up to church when we haven't heard an answer all week long? Are we still going to be there, uh, give him praise and worship when when he hasn't answered our prayers yet? Are we still going to shout, how great you are, Lord, or, how faithful you are, or, we love you, Lord oh Jesus, when we still haven't heard back from God? And that's really where it all comes down to, doesn't it? Just because promises are delayed doesn't mean they're not going to happen. And that's where we begin to mix things up. We start thinking the longer these things hasn't been fixed, it's probably not going to happen. And so we are our own worst enemy at times, right, because we just, we cut the line and we just say, oh, uh, it's over now. And so there's no hope or or there's no faith or nothing that we can do about it. It's all over. We, We jump that line. But really, we should be waiting and, and praying and still believing that, hey, even when there's a delay in our life from God, we're, we're still going to be faithful because uh, we're not going to be a fair-weathered Christian. We're going to show up whenever we can in the good times, and the bad times, when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Why? He's going to be there, right? He's not going to leave us or forsake us. Why? Because we are choosing to stick close to Him because we know without Him, we have nothing. All of this goes away without Jesus. And so uh, we need to make sure that we are still holding on uh, to our our faith and confidence in God and his word. Musicians, if you would come. And and so uh, just because there is a divine delay in our life that we would call delay doesn't mean that it is over. We still have to believe that God can make them come to pass today or tomorrow or next week. We don't know. It doesn't matter how long you've been praying for it. Uh, God could be waiting, uh, giving the answer tomorrow, but he wants to see, are you going to show up to church today? Or it could be years since you've been praying for that person, but are you still going to pray for them another day or another week? Because I believe that a divine delay is actually going to become a divine demonstration of God's power and his authority because whenever Jesus does finally show up, up, what miracles start happening signs and wonders start happening uh and so uh what we thought was gonna happen God's gonna gonna do things according to his will and it's it's always better and more glory for him than what we can even imagine and so we we cry out to God for uh, you know to heal my headache or or touch the pain in my leg and and we because we know that God can do that right but what if God wants to let that get a little bit worse so that he can get more glory? What if he wants you to end up in, in the hospital, Brother Khan, so that he can do a miracle and and, and and the glory of God can be shown and testified throughout the hospital like we uh, we never, we that's not what we we want the glory of God to happen right but we but we say God heal this headache right away and God says hey if I delay a little bit you may end up in a hospital you may have a little bit more pain but hey in the end it's going to be much greater why because I'm going to step in and there's going to be a divine demonstration because my will is going to be done and I'm going to release my power my my glory and, and your life and and it's gonna blow everybody's mind and so a divine delay I think really means it's going to be a divine demonstration of what God is going to do and what kind of what He can do in our life. It's just a matter: are we going to keep holding on until God shows up? Are we just going to throw in the towel and say, "Oh, it's all over"? Why? Why bother the Master anymore? Uh, my daughter is dead. But Jesus says, "Hey, that's okay. I can handle death. That's not a problem. Yeah, you can't fix death, but I can. And that's going to mean you're going to see something you've never seen before. Uh, if that means a delay in your life, would you be okay with that? Jairus, I know you have said that you believe that I can heal your daughter but would it be okay with you if we delayed things for a little bit and I could show everybody that I can raise her from the dead? Would you be okay with a delay? Would you be okay with me uh, ministering to somebody else along the way that causes your daughter to die because I haven't been there in time? But in the end we know That Jesus has the power to raise people from the dead. Uh, and, and so if he can do that, then then what, it doesn't matter how bad our problem gets, uh, even though it starts out small and begins to snowball and get bigger and bigger, I believe that God can heal us in the beginning, but I believe that he has the power to raise us up in the end. If it gets that far, that God can do whatever he wants to do. If it's all about him and his glory and his name, hey, we're going to let God do what he wants to do, and we're just going to be here faithful, right? We're just going to be worshiping. God through it all uh, uh, because we want his will to be done. Daniel chapter 10, in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel whose name was called Belteshazzar and the thing was true but the time appointed was long. And he understood the thing and had understanding of the vision. And in those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. And so Daniel got this vision and, and, and he was trying to figure out what it all meant. And, and it was, it was such, a, such a vision that it, 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 it disrupted everything. And so he was crying out to God about about this about this vision. I God, I need an answer to my prayer. I need this. And uh, help me out here, Lord. This is this is quite the thing you've revealed to me. And uh, he's praying about it and praying about it and praying about it, and it wasn't until a full three weeks later does he finally get an answer. Does he finally hear from heaven about this vision that he received? And uh it's a uh, trying time between you, the time you receive a promise from God and the time is actually fulfilled in your life. During the the the, the beginning and the ending in the middle period that w- what we might call a delay, that's where God is testing our faithfulness. Are we gonna be there when the doors open? Are we gonna still worship Him when he, we haven't heard an answer from heaven yet? It, and so here Daniel was uh praying and fasting for a whole three weeks and Finally, he hears an answer. If you stand with me today? In verse 12, then he said unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. This is Michael, the angel. It took Michael three weeks to get there, but he shows up and he says, Daniel, when you, when you spoke those words three weeks ago, I heard them, haven't heard them. And, and I was dispatched immediately to go give you uh, relief and give you and help, help with this vision. But it's been three weeks. And so he's, he, he says, I am here. I am come for thy words. That means whatever we say to God, God does not forget. Every word, every tear that is shed, God is keeping track of them. And even though we may get distracted along the way, even though we may forget about things, uh, uh, God does not forget. God is on time and and we just need to make sure that we are faithful to the end till we see uh, this plan become the pass. And so what happened is... Michael was dispatched. But verse 13, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. But lo, the Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there uh, with the king of Persia. So uh, I got it mixed up. But Gabriel was dispatched. But but the prince of Persia, a, 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 a spirit, a fallen angel, was wrestling with Gabriel. Because Gabriel was going to going, to, he was sent. Hey, I'm sent to Daniel. Uh, uh, the day he's he's cried out to God, and here God dispatches Gabriel. Hey, go tell go tell Daniel this. I heard his words, and go tell him this. And so there, Gabriel goes. I'm I'm headed to Daniel, and all of a sudden, res, spiritual resistance rises up, and and uh, Gabriel is wrestling with the Prince of Persia for 21 days, three weeks. He's trying to get to Daniel, trying to get to Daniel, but, but there's resistance and spiritual darkness holding them back. And, and then finally, Michael shows up, the archangel, and he takes care of business. And, and finally, Gabriel can go. You see, the, the plans and the promises that God has spoken to you, don't think that the devil hasn't taken note either. And if he can... Uh, try to delay it any way he can he's going to do that because he knows that when God's word is actually fulfilled in your life it's going to be unstoppable That the greatness that God and the plans that God has each and every one of you, the ministries and the souls that are going to be reached through you, if those things ever come to pass in your life, it's going to be unstoppable. The devil will not be able to stop uh, uh, the church and stop the, the ministry that God has for you. But sometimes there's a delay between what we cry out to God and what he gives us and what we actually start to see happen. And it's that battleground in the middle where, where we're wrestling with every day of being faithful. And, and we're wrestling with reaching out to God and saying, God, I, have, I haven't heard from you yet, but hey, I'm still showing up, God. And, and whether we don't even realize it, but there may be a war going on in the spirit realm uh, because angels are trying to get to us, but the devil doesn't want that to happen. And so you can't tell me that once things finally start to happen in your life that the devil's not going to be afraid. He's going to try to get you to do everything you can to quit, to walk out and and to to, to give up on God. But I'm here to tell you, we're not going to be doing that. We're not going to back down, but hey, God has great plans for you and for this church and revival that we know is here and it's coming, but we got to keep on believing that we're going to show up no matter what. Why? Because the divine delay often is a divine demonstration whenever it finally comes to pass. But the question is, are we going to be here when it actually happens? Because we don't know when it's going to happen, or are we going to be here when the answer comes? Jesus was resurrected from the grave. Bible says he. About five hundred people saw him. Sure, more than that, but he told he told the multitudes, "Go in Jerusalem and tarry. Go and wait for the promise of the Father." And so, if 500 people heard that promise, go forth, God was seeing who's going to be there at the end. Who's going to be there when it actually. Uh, the, the Holy Ghost actually starts falling, coming down from heaven. And, and we see on the day of Pentecost, there's 120 people in the upper room that were waiting and say, hey, we heard the promise of God and we're here. We've been here faithful. We've been here praying and uh, we don't know when it's happening, but hey, the Lord told us it's coming and I want to be here for it. And so some people uh, end up falling out during the delay, but I don't want uh, to be that person. You don't want to be that person. You don't want to miss out on what God has in store. Why? Because when he finally shows up, there's a divine demonstration of power from heaven and suddenly there came a sound of a, from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the place where they were sitting. But it only happened to those who were still holding on that were there in the end. And so a divine delay means that God is doing something in your life that the gates of hell are not going to prevail against you or against the church as long as you hold on, as long as you keep on believing and walking by faith. Habakkuk 2 says, I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I will answer uh, when I am reproved. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon the tables that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time but at the end it shall speak and not lie though it tarry wait for it how many of us are willing to wait for what god has in store that's really what it comes down to though it tarry wait for it because it will surely come i will not tarry behold his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. And so I know that God has promised you something. You've seen visions and dreams and, and promises, and, and even though they haven't come to pass it, I'm here to tell you, hey, the angel is on his way. The promise is on its way. Even though it's, it will tarry, you need to wait for it. Don't give up. Why? Because when it finally comes, God's going to blow your mind. It's going to be a demonstration like you've never seen before, but we got to be here for it. We got to say, hey, God, I'm faithful for it. I'm going to be here till the end. I'm not going to give up even though however long it may seem, I'm going to remain faithful to him. Man, I want to open up these altars to those out there that maybe God's been dealing with or or maybe the enemy's been, been trying to sow some seeds of doubt in your life that it's not going to happen. I'm here to tell you, it is going to happen. If God had said it, it's going to happen. It's going to come to pass. But we need some faith. We need to release our faith here and say, hey, no matter what, I'm here to worship God. I'm here to give him praise. God hasn't healed me yet, but hey, I'm not going to cut down my worship. I'm still to praise him. Come on, will you come? What is it that you're needing from God? Come on! He's not going to leave you or forsake you.
1: The God I it's time so to exercise our faith. Don't I be afraid.
0: Just keep on believing, Jarius. Jesus my is on His way. He's on His way fail. to your house. He's on His way to meet your need.
1: Oh my God! It may seem like a delay, fail. but hey, are you still going to worship Him during the delay? going to see a victory. Oh, we're going to see a we're going to see revival for the bad we're going to see miracles i sorry. Oh.
0: God, faithful to his house, faithful to his word. Amen. And even though it may seem like a delay, we know the end is going to be better than the beginning. No matter how bad it may get, God can always resurrect and do things we've never seen before. How many believe we're going to see things we've never seen before? And sometimes uh, we don't know how we're going to get there, but I want to be here for that, right? I want to be here for the outpouring, and I don't want to miss out on what God's doing. And that requires us to be faithful, standing by the side of Jesus. When the bad news comes, hey, Jesus hears it too. And we're still going to be there, even amidst any kind of delay we face. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. You're dismissed today in Jesus' name. Amen. Greet one another. Amen. encourage one another today.